is this going to be something I do forever or is this something that is going to drive me nuts? Hello, beautiful people, and welcome back to the show. Beast of New Year's to all of you. Thank you for listening. 2023 was awesome for the show, and I didn't even do it for that much of 2023. So I really, really appreciate each and every one of you. And going into the new year, I've definitely been reflecting on that and how grateful I am. I feel like a very lucky gal. So today we are back in the New Year's Revolution series. We are revolutionizing the way you do New Year's, and we're making sure that you never have to have a generic New Year's resolution that ends in February every single year, and we're back at it the next ever, ever again. There are really two questions when someone comes and they say, you know, I want to lose weight or whatever. First one is, what do I eat? And the second one is, how much do I eat? Today, we are going to focus on the how much. And it's going to steer you in the right direction anyway, but we will focus on what you are eating as well. That is just as important. And we will go into that as the series goes on. Today, talking about how much you eat, we're going to split it up into two possibilities, essentially. If you are tracking your food and if you are not tracking your food. And if you have no idea what that means, you are not tracking your food and that's okay. Tracking your food is something that I actually used to start nearly every single client on. Like unless they told me that it really stresses them out or it really just doesn't work for them or the technology thing is just like way too much. I I started almost everyone there. And I don't necessarily think that that's wrong. I think I'm now just more experienced and able to see that it's just not going to be a long term solution for a lot of people. So I basically try to mesh them together the best I can in the beginning to make sure I really understand what they're eating and we can make improvements. However, the older I've gotten, you have to remember, so when I started taking clients, we started the gym, I was still a senior in college. I was an idiot. I was 20, 21. Yeah, 21. So this is not a wisdom-filled human being that we're talking about when I started this. And as I've gotten older and life has gotten more stressful and more real, and we went through the pandemic with the gym, and I've just had times where I really understood fitness being on the back burner and like couldn't even imagine trying to fit a workout into my day. Like I, I get it and I don't think I fully got it before. But for the past couple of years, I found that most people transition out of tracking towards the end and we make and us making sure that that transition goes smoothly is really kind of the end of their journey with me. And then I graduate them, quote unquote. When you're listening to kind of both ends of this, I don't want you to think, okay, which one am I doing? Think, is this going to be something I do forever? Or is this something that is going to drive me nuts? It should be relatively seamless. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a learning curve if you're just starting tracking or anything like that. There's going to be a learning curve. That learning curve should end within a month or two, and you should feel relatively at ease with it. If you do not feel that way, I would recommend trying some of the non-tracking strategies. Remember, this is the revolution. We are not doing it for the next six weeks. We are setting ourselves up. And I want you to think of this that way. There's something, I is it? I think it's Simon Sinek. It might be, might be Naval Ravikant. I'm not honestly sure. One of them talks a ton about infinite games. The point of infinite games is that you only put effort into things that are going to quote unquote last forever or you would could do forever, aka marriage, children, um, uh, your profession, your things that are going to matter to you no matter what and leaving everything else behind. It's sort of the same thing as essentialism, but the layer that this adds is that everything you do 
should be infinite. It should there should never be an end point in sight for anything that you are spending your effort on. That's the goal with this. If you can like really think about it this way, the dopamine hits that you typically get from dieting, I want you to see those as red flags over the next couple of weeks. And I know that sounds insane. When you get super jazzed up because you lost a lot of water weight all at once and that was awesome and it feels really good, be cautious of that. That's no longer our friend. We don't want to be excited because this is not something to be excited about. This is forming habits. This is one more vote for this habit to stay in our life every single time we do it. If you are tracking, your first step is to get either a coach or some sort of nutrition calculator to tell you how much you should be eating. Some tips on this. Number one, you can go to 23hourhealth.com. There is a free macro calculator that is mine that I have looked over and made sure it won't put you too low, all of those different things. So you can go use that for absolute free. That being said, I think most people tend to overestimate how active they are and overestimate their activity in their profession, I guess I could say. When I was a group class coach on the floor, I was soaring past 20,000 steps every single day, like effortlessly. Now that I'm way more on the ownership side, I'm doing back-end things more often and I'm doing business things more often, I 10,000 to 15,000 still, but it's because I now make time for it. It's a very different scenario. And I think that a truly active job is even a step above where I was at. It's like, labor, construction, you're using your body physically to haul, move, like whatever it is. If you are sitting at a desk, yes, that's sedentary, but also a lot of things where you're standing but not moving a ton of the time or leaning on a desk, those are pretty sedentary too and people don't think of them that way. Once you have your estimated intake, this is an estimate, but I want you to give it time. One of the biggest mistakes I see people make is just fucking with their goals. Like it drives me up a wall because there's two sides of it. Number one, you're not even giving it enough time to see if it works. Then you're dropping so low that you can't sustain it over time. If you're making 6,000 changes to your macros, eventually you're going to get low enough that this is not a sustainable thing anymore. Even that aside, even that aside, unless you are to the gram hitting your goals every single day, 100% of the time, not a single meal that does not align with your goals, There is legitimately not a single reason that you should think adjusting 100 calories a day or this way or that way is going to make a difference because you're not hitting the goals to begin with. If you are not above 95% compliant, do not be messing with your goals. And that's for like at least two weeks in a row. And if you are massively struggling to get anywhere near that, you should ask yourself if it's you or if it's your shitty plan. If you set out something like, say, like what I just said, you massively underestimate your expenditure, but then you get an intake that's way too low, like you overshoot it and you can't sustain it. That's not your fault. It should feel challenging. Like, yeah, maybe sometimes you want ice cream after dinner and you don't have it, but that should really be the extent. I like to tell people you should be within 10% daily of your macro targets. And the 10% daily is on my fitness pal. You're within 10% of the set out target. Mostly because everything, food packages, labels, all of that, those can be off anyway. You're going to be slightly off no matter what, and it's completely out of your control. Unless you have a lab that can literally burn your food and see how much expenditure it has, that is the only way to truly tell exactly what's in your food. 
if you are off by about 10%, you might be off as much as 20% on the day, but you're st- it, people get caught up in it. The real point is, is that you don't have as much control over this as you think you do anyway. So you have to be pretty damn accurate and not mess with things for longer than it feels like is necessary. The last thing I'll say if you are tracking, you do have more room for bullshit if you are tracking your food. What I mean by this, if you are going to have whoopie pies and cakes and things that sound wonderful and that are on dessert tables at parties, those types of things have a little bit more room within a flexible dieting model like tracking your food. So you can have more of those things because you know that it fits within your day or your goals or your targets or whatever it is. That kind of brings me to the not tracking side. If you are choosing to not track your food, I will say first, I have several, a lot at this point, successful clients who did not track their food and have kept the weight off long-term, long-term being at least a year or two. There is less room for bullshit in this model because you do not know exactly where you're at for the day. So you have to rely on the fact that generally, quote unquote, cleaner foods or whole foods, they, they tend to be less calorically dense. That's really all it is. A big plate of broccoli is always going to have less calories than a big plate of goldfish. Like it just tends to be that way. That being said, there are less times that you can guess and just have a bunch of goldfish because healthy food still has calories. And this is something that people really mess up. So if you have 10 paleo cookies, that's really great for like your cells and like you won't be putting any garbage in your body. Great. But at the same time, you're still going to gain weight because sugar is sugar is sugar, whether it's organic, floofed up unicorn magic sugar or it's just refined regular sugar. Sugar is sugar. We want to make sure that the calories from whatever we're eating are not too high regardless of how, quote unquote, healthy the ingredients are. This is something I see people throw themselves off with all the time. So when I say less room for bullshit, I don't just mean bullshit. I mean the healthy bullshit too. Like that that's included within this. So how do we make sure that we're in a deficit if we're not tracking our food? I want you to hold up your fist in front of your face. See how big it is? Turn it in circles, look at it from different directions. That is a serving of protein size. And I want you to have three of those a day. Protein is lean meats. It is chickens. It is steaks that are lean cuts. It's 85% to 90% beef. It is strained beef. It is whitefish. It is shrimp. All of those things. If you're vegan, it is tofu. It is Satan. It is all of those things. Three times a day, have something that is mostly protein that is about the size of your fist. The other thing you're going to do, you're going to have at least one vegetable-based meal a day. This can be a salad. This can be a stir-fry. This can be whatever you want it to be, but one meal where the primary bulk of the meal is veggies. The last thing you're going to do, we also want to prevent overeating on other crap, right? The meal that you are most likely to overeat at, you're going to have a protein shake before that. 30-ish minutes is plenty. If you cannot have a protein shake, you're out, you're doing whatever, at least have a glass of water 30 minutes before. We just want to prime our digestive system. And I always use the appetizer example. If you've ever eaten a normal amount of an appetizer, but then 20 minutes go by before your food comes, you know that you are not nearly as hungry and you don't eat as much as you would have if that had come quicker and you were still just as hungry. This allows a little bit of our body just feeling things out and getting ready to send us different signals. When there is the delay of that 20 minutes-ish before you feel full, we end up overeating and we don't even realize it. So before your biggest meal or the meal you're most likely to overeat at, 
have a protein shake 30 minutes before. Something I also want you to do, not because food turns to double the calories after 8 p.m. or not because of anything crazy, purely because of what people tend to eat during these hours, I want you to stop eating two hours before you go to bed. It's not something that is, again, magic. What it is, though, is it's eliminating the realistic possibilities. Not many of my clients struggle with eating a whole pint of Ben & Jerry's at 7 a.m. I have a ton of clients who have struggled with eating a whole pint of Ben & Jerry's at 7 p.m. Oodles. Like, it's completely different. It's just not as big of a problem. When people tend to overeat binge, whatever you're experiencing, it tends to be in those later hours. And that's why we want to sort of control for that. I also want you to stop drinking an hour before bed, drinking anything, water, anything. This is literally to just improve the quality of your sleep. If you're a person that wakes up in the middle of the night, this is something that just kind of it's, it's an extra thing that we can do to make sure that also we're getting all of our water in before that point. Speaking of, you get your reasonable caffeine drink in the morning, tea, water, and soda water. That's what we're drinking. That's what that's it. That's it. If you are an alcohol person or alcohol is a daily part of your routine or even work or like it's just part of something that you sort of have to partake in for your life to not look very different. I get it. I I I know that that's the case and I know that yeah, I could tell you to ditch all your friends but you probably won't. So, soda water, splash of any juice you want, clear liquor. That's your new drink. You like margaritas? Cool. You're going to ask for tequila, soda water and a splash of sour mix. Martinis, drink martinis. Things that are mostly just alcohol and or a zero calorie mixer, those are your new drinks. We don't want to be adding in the random this, that, or the other thing if we're trying to lose weight. It makes it so much harder to get full and the calories were allotted for the day. And then we tell ourselves it's unsustainable. It's not. You're drinking a 500 calorie latte for breakfast and then you're wondering why you feel hungry the rest of your day. All your calories are gone. Like, what are you talking about? We want to make sure that we're setting ourselves up for success. The only other thing I'm going to give you for not tracking, I want you to wait 15 minutes before you go get seconds on anything. So if you're like, hmm, I want more of that. Absolutely. Absolutely have more of that. But I want you to wait 15 minutes before you actually go get it. And if you still want it, I do want you to go get it. This isn't some weird trick. Go get it if you're still hungry. But if you're not, you will find that that happens sometimes. So this is it. This is it for the whole week is to nail these things we've talked about. If you're tracking, you're going to get your targets and you're going to start tracking in MyFitnessPal, aiming to get within 10% of your daily goals. You have a little bit more room for bullshit, but keep in mind, we haven't gotten to the what do I eat yet. Get in the habit of those healthier options. Just use common sense there. For not tracking, less room for bullshit. So we're kind of clearing those things out. I want you to keep an eye on like the healthy treat things. Those are just as annoying to try to mix in as regular treats. You're going to have three fist-sized protein servings per day. You're going to have one vegetable-based meal per day. You're going to have a protein shake before the meal you're most likely to overeat. You're going to stop eating two hours before bed. You're going to stop drinking one hour before bed. Drinks in general, caffeine, beverage in the morning that is reasonable. I'd say 200-ish calories is plenty for a morning coffee of every day. Um, If you're a bigger person, you can get away with a little bit more. Tea, water, soda water. Zero calorie beverages are your new BFF, and we should get used to not having really much else outside of that. You are also going to wait 15 minutes before getting seconds. This is your assignment for the week. Take it seriously. It's not supposed to feel like a mountain to climb. You are not only drinking celery juice, 
you are a reasonable human being who's an adult who's going to find a sustainable way to live that does not take up all of your time. Keep that in mind. This should not feel crazy. Take these little things seriously and you will see those returns, I promise. Catch us back here on Mondays. The New Year's revolution continue. If you leave a review and you drop your Instagram handle, I will show you out. I really appreciate the reviews, guys. It's like it helps the show grow so much. And if you share the show on Instagram, tag me. I want to reshare it and I just want to see them. So please make sure you tag me and all the stuff. It's the best. I hope you are having a fabulous, fabulous new year. And I will see you guys in the next one. Bye, guys. (music) 